Good day and welcome to the Business Buzz for your weekly dose of business, finance and economics news right here on Voice of Vits. That is Val FM on 88.1. We're broadcasting live from our studios in Bramfontein, Johannesburg. My name is Muriwa Mob, Justice Gavaza, and I'll be your host for today. Now, who's to say that the world of business can't be entertaining? Definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to keep you entertained, educated and intrigued about the world of business. Now, it's been a very busy week this week in terms of the economy and business. And I think one of the biggest things is that uh, Joe Biden is now uh, the president-elect in the U.S., uh, despite some of the objections that the incumbent um, President Donald Trump has um, at the moment. It's something that uh, we've been following. And when you listen to a number of economists just talking about this, it is an election that we need to keep an eye on. And we did speak about it last week. And uh, we are just following the saga, the drama uh, that is that election. Uh, But otherwise, for today, we are looking at how uh, South African tourism has handled uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. uh, Because this is one of the biggest contributors to GDP in the country. Um, It's said to employ about 1.5 or so million people um, in the country, which is a lot, right? So. We just have to check in on that and just see what's going on and how people have been surviving. And it's also topical because uh, this week uh, the president actually said that the country will reopen um, international travel to all countries subject to health and safety regulations and a clearance certificate. Now, if you go on the Presidency South Africa Twitter account, they actually have some nice infographics just telling us um, that all international travel will resume subject to the stringent health protocols travels will need as travelers will need to present a negative COVID-19 test result not older than 72 hours from the time of departure and when necessary travelers will need to enter mandatory quarantine facilities at their own cost so that's it in front of the, in on that front uh, but um, in terms of the wider um, economy and tourism as a whole. We're going to be talking to Chifua Chivengwa, who is uh, the chief executive uh, of tourism, of the Tourism Business Council of South Africa um, about what the role of tourism is to the greater economy. And then we then uh, get uh, to talk to someone who is on the front lines, uh, Sipokazi Koza, who is the founder and director of STM Travel Agency, about the experience of actual travel businesses and tourism operators during this time. Also coming up for the next hour, we're going to be getting into the business wrap. Uh, that's a part of the show. We give you the week's top trending business and economics news. And then we get into the Buffalo Index where we tally the state of your 100 rand. Now, remember that you can uh, keep in touch with us. Uh, we are VowFM or Voice of Vids on Facebook. Our other Facebook page is the Viz Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're at VowFM. And then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. You can also stream the station live on vowfm.co.za and remember that podcasts of the Business Buzz show are available on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business. Alternatively, you can go and find us on iono.fm, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts. So that's how the show is looking like. Make sure you stay with us. We're here for the next hour. Keep it locked. This is 88.1. Business Rap with Ken it's time for us to get into the week's top trending business and economics news and on the line to you know talk to us about that we've got our financial expert ken swettenham um on the line ken um greetings to you how's been uh, the week um uh, this week in the economy well, we've not had a bad week economically-wise. I mean, the markets have gone up, although they dropped today, but they're up for the week. 
Um, the, the, the rent uh, the exchange rate is doing very well against our major currencies. And uh, sadly, though, the biggest story of the week, which came out this morning, is not a good story. It's the unemployment figures for the last quarter. Mm-hmm. And uh, although it's not a good story, it's not a surprising story. Needless to say, unemployment is at a record high of 30.8%, which in simple terms means nearly one-third of South Africans of working age are now unemployed. And uh, it looks like it could get worse going forwards as well. So not a good news story to hit the wires this morning, unfortunately. And I guess, you know, with all of that um, in mind, um, what do you make of uh, the president's speech this week? Um, because the, it, it, it was a different kind of speech. Usually we're used to these speeches having a long list of rules, but it sounded more like a, like a speech with the, with the president saying that we just need to be careful. They're going to open things up a bit more, but we just need to be more careful. Yes, yes, you're 100% right. It's uh, certainly a different tone than he, than he had. If you remember his speech back in March, um, where he was almost like a, a father punishing a naughty school child. And that's how we all felt at the time, I think. But when we look at what's happening in the world, and I'm by no means a COVID-19 expert, but we look at what's happening in the Northern Hemisphere in particular with infections absolutely skyrocketing. And you have to feel that South Africa has dealt with this pandemic better than some of our, our more economically active neighbours. Uh, so, sorry, uh, neighbours up in the Northern Hemisphere, the European and the American countries. But it has come at a price, and the price is obviously our economy. So we're in a situation now where our active cases are, are at the lowest level they've been in, in several months, in fact, and our daily new infections seem to be stabilizing. But the the president is quite right. If we are not careful, if we don't keep um, following the social distancing and wearing masks and all the things we know about, then obviously, uh, you know, they're going to be forced to to bring in hard lockdowns if our infections go up. So it's up to us as a country to to behave ourselves and try and get this, this economy working because the unemployment I've just mentioned is no doubt uh, as a result of of the uh, lockdown that we've had since March and and the number of people who have lost their jobs in that time, as well as many other economic woes that that we're currently going through. And then I guess, I guess lastly um, for today, I guess on the back of everything, we've got the unemployment figures up. you know, we are now talking about what's going on in the rest of the world. Do you think that you know some of those issues about what's going on in the in the hem, in the northern hemisphere that that might have some type of an economic impact? You know, given how export driven South Africa is, for example. You're 100% right. I mean, both America and the UK in particular are quite large trading partners with South Africa, as well as countries like China and many other European countries as well. But we do trade a lot with those companies. South African wines, if you've ever traveled, I'm just using it as an example, but if you've ever traveled to Europe or America, you'll often see a South African wine in restaurants. They're extremely popular, and a lot of our wine is exported to Europe. If they're not in if they're not monitoring their economies or working in their economies, people are not going to be ordering, and it will have a negative impact on, on our exports. And uh, I'm sure there are some industries very worried on how long the, these lockdowns are going to happen, or will carry on for in the Northern Hemisphere. So there could certainly be a, a, an indirect impact, not something that necessarily that you and I will personally notice, nor do any of your listeners, but uh, there are certainly sectors of our economy who are, who are going to feel if there's any loss of trade. So that's been it uh, with our financial expert, Ken Switzerland. I'm just talking about uh, the week's top trending business and economics news. Um, some of the big things that's happened this week is that we had um, an update on the unemployment figures. Um, you know, Ken just giving us some insight about how about a third of uh, South Africans that are of working age are currently unemployed at the moment, which is a sad state of affairs. Also then talking about the president's speech, uh, more opening up a different tone from uh, the rest of the year uh, but at the same time against the backdrop of a global economy um, that looks like it's going into further lockdown at least in the northern hemisphere that may have some impact um, on South Africa's economy particularly uh, for more export driven businesses but we continue to hope for the best and uh, wait to see what actually happens in future.
Otherwise, that's been it. Uh, on the other side of this, we continue with the show. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. Business Rap with Ken Sweatman. Buffalo Index on the Business Buzz. In our Buffalo Index, we aim to educate about what a hundred rand can do because we all have one of these in our pockets and to just relate what the economy looks like in the eyes of a hundred rand or a buffalo. Now, for today, since we are looking at uh, the tourism sector, we decided to go out and look at what accommodation is looking like uh, for holiday seekers in uh, the city of Cape Town, which is one of the popular tourist destinations um, for South Africans and also for international travelers coming to South Africa. So um, so we decided to break this down according to, you know, the lower, uh, the middle and upper market, um, according to what is being listed on Airbnb, uh, because, you know, nowadays in the age of technology, that's one of the go-to uh, places uh, when you're trying to find yourself a bargain uh, for for accommodation. Now, the first one on the lower end, you can get yourself a cozy bedroom in a shared house uh, coming in for two and a half buffaloes or 250 rand. Or you can get yourself into a sanitized idyllic studio apartment uh, for three and a half buffaloes. That is 350 rand. And then now moving up into the middle market, this is where people start introducing words like luxurious and spacious um, into the marketing. And just starting off, you can get into a luxurious apartment in the heart of Cape Town uh, that is uh, fit for two guests. It has one bedroom, one bed, and uh, and uh, two baths. Uh, that's coming in uh, for fifteen and a half buffaloes. Uh, that's one thousand five hundred and thirty rand per night. Or you can get into a spacious modern two-bedroom apartment um, that's fit for four guests with two bedrooms and two beds and two baths uh, coming in for about uh, twenty-one buffaloes. Uh, that's 2,100 rand per night. On the upper, 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 upper part of the market, this is where we 10x, right? Because you'll see uh, the prices that uh, we've chosen because we started at uh, two and a half buffaloes, uh, you know, that's, uh, and then we've now, you know, switched um, over uh, to about 20 buffaloes. So that was times 10. If we times 10 again, um, you know, sitting in these 200 or so buffalo range, you can see that uh, you can get into something called uh, the Grand Mariner. This is where we start talking words like villa that has um, sea views, appropriate for 10 guests, five bedrooms, five baths, six and a half baths, um, and that's going to set you back uh, 23,000 uh, rand per Per night. You heard right. That's 23,000 rand per night or 230 buffaloes. And then on the upper, 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 we we, we times five this time, uh, times five uh, at about, uh, you know, a thousand buffaloes. Uh, you can get into what's called the Villa Mirage uh, that is uh, fit for eight guests. It has four bedrooms and six beds and one and a half baths. Uh, that's going to set you back, as I said, about a thousand buffaloes or a hundred and 10,000 rand. So that's been it for this edition of the Buffalo Index. On the other side of this, we get into the main topic. The Buffalo Index on the Business Buzz. Forget what the little buddy told you. Follow us, follow us, follow us at BoFM and join the conversation. More justice on the Business Buzz. It's time for us to get into our main topic for today, and we are looking at uh, the tourism sector. We're in the middle of November, which means we are heading into the festive season, which has traditionally been a uh, a hot spot for you know travel um, in South Africa from you know people in and around South Africa and international travelers. Uh, but uh, this sector has been one of the hardest hit during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, so we're going to be talking a lot just around that. Now, before we get into the first part of the discussion, uh, remember that you can keep in touch with us on Facebook. We are VowFM, that's Voice of Vits. You can also find our other Facebook page that is Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're at VowFM and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. 
So to get the ball rolling, to give us a sense of what tourism actually means um, to the South African economy and to give us an overview of what COVID-19 has done, we are joined by uh, Chifiwa Chivengwa, who is uh, the Chief Executive Officer of uh, the Tourism Business Council of South Africa. Chifiwa, greetings to you. Uh, greetings, thank you for having me and uh, greetings to your listeners as well. No, thank you so much for joining us. Now, before we actually get into uh, perhaps what COVID-19 has done, um, you know, in the last half year or so since we first got into lockdown, what do you make of uh, the president's speech last night? Because there were some aspects that do touch directly um, on your sector. Well, I think that, uh, you know, the the president's uh, speech last night it indeed touched on our sector uh, and uh, it touched on the sector on the basis of uh, uh, you know opening up you know the international travel which is the final phase of uh, opening up tourism completely and fully you know to allow the sector to recover so I do believe that uh, the fact that we have uh, the president have announced it goes a long way in ensuring that there's certainty in the market and in making sure that uh, you know all those that want to travel to South Africa can now you know start making their bookings, and they can be able to come to South Africa. I think it's that important. You know, it goes to show that you know tourism has a, a huge potential in this country, uh, and therefore you know this opening, you know, will definitely you know supports you know uh, the recovery and therefore supporting the jobs uh, you know within the sector. So with that in mind, then, can you maybe take us through what um, COVID-19 did do during the months um, when, you know, restrictions were in place and people didn't have uh, the freedom of movement, which has now been um, availed uh, to South Africans and to people around the world? Look, you know, when we begin with the, you know, what we call the hard lockdown, uh, which was the, the first two weeks uh, sometime at the end of uh, March this year uh, to April, you know, we all thought that, uh, you know, perhaps we're getting into a situation where if we lock ourselves in the houses, uh, we should be able to come out uh, 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 within those two weeks, uh, be able to go back to business, uh, although not as usual, but at least we should be able to, to trade. You know, we realize as we go that uh, we're in it for a long haul with the president announcing the risk adjusted strategy. And therefore, you know, we had to make a plan in terms of, you know, how do we survive as an industry? So the impact of COVID is that, uh, you know, you, you had an, an industry that had around 600,000 employees uh, that were on a UAFTS program, meaning that uh, they could not be supported by those companies because there was no income. You equally had, uh, you know, around you know 50,000 odd you know companies uh, especially the small ones uh, that that closed down you know uh, and not you know uh, operate uh, in fact the only ones that were operating were only few that were being used uh, as part of the flattening the curve uh, that were being used as quarantine sites but majority of the industry throughout the value chain uh, was closed and uh, therefore you know losing you know income both domestic and, uh, and international. And just to give you, you know, uh, some figures is that, uh, you know, when, when you close both domestic and international, you lose around 748 million rand per day on tourism uh, uh, income, uh, meaning that tourism, say, 2018, 2019, uh, contributed in terms of uh, income around 273 million rand uh, was spent in tourism value chain and um, and about uh, uh, 44% of that was international and 56% was uh, uh, domestic. So the closure of tourism in, in its full extent, that's what you're looking at, you know, per day. It's million million per day. It's lost. Uh, and that's not a small figure. You know, when you look at the industry, uh, you know, that uh, contributes around 8.6% to total GDP. Uh, supports both direct and indirect uh, jobs, about 1.5 million. So you had a whole lot more people that were not employed within the tourism stable uh, who, 
you know, by nature of their business, supports tourism, those that were in agriculture, those that were in security services, and so forth and so on. So we're looking at an industry that's very much heavily impacted, devastated, lost a lot of billions. Uh, right now we're counting at over 100 billion rand that has been lost uh, from tourism. We're not going to recover that. We may never recover that, you know, in the next, uh, you know, two years. But at least for now, we are we are back to some level of operations, although not where we are, but at least there is something within the value chain that's moving. You know, as you're talking, one can't help but to appreciate um, what we mean by recovery because you've just mentioned the fact that there's a hundred billion rand that has been lost by the sector, which is unlikely to be recovered, as you said, in the next two years. And it sort of paints that picture in people's minds that when we talk about a recovery, the first thing that has to happen is to sort of claw back uh, what was lost before you can actually even start growing, right? Uh, which is, uh, you know, I, I guess a dire state of affairs. But with, um, you know, travel restrictions having been lifted at least um, starting from I think it was uh, you know level level three into level two somewhere there at least on the interprovincial side and then um, you know borders starting to open up in level one etc what type of activity did you guys start seeing um, during those uh, these last couple of months well, when we when we went to you know the intra-provincial travel, we saw that you know there, there was appetite uh, for people to travel, and on the basis that people have been locked up uh, in their houses, and uh, it was time for them to go out, although they were not allowed to go to another province. Uh, but I think the bigger part of it came when we allow people to go to other provinces. We, we then started to see, from the domestic point of view, a lot of people having interest in, in traveling around, especially those that are in Gauteng. Because uh, Gauteng is the largest contributor in domestic traveler. If I'm not mistaken, around 16 to 67% of domestic travelers live here in Gauteng. So the beneficiaries of of these numbers are, you know, the, your nearby provinces, your northwest, your free state, Bumalanga and Bobo, who benefit greatly on the travelers from uh, from from Gauteng. So we started to see some level of, uh, uh, you know, uh, attention. A lot of people wanted to go out because they've been locked up. Now, with all this travel that's happening, it, it came at a cost because we couldn't go back to the pricing that we had in the past. So we had a, a dual situation now whereby you have uh, heavily discounted prices uh, and as much as in many other establishments the hotels were full but they were full on half price so you know if you go back to what you used to do in the past in essence you're you are running at a 50 percent income that you used to get uh, at a time where you, you need the income the most you know to to have the working capital so we did see the interest we continue to see the interest um you know, with the with the restrictions that were that were done, and I think it was under level three. Uh, yes, the, the business travel was opened, but business travel, you know, it's comprised of government travel and corporate travel. Government is not traveling at the moment, um, and the corporates are also not traveling as people now do meetings on all these technological platforms. So it simply means that uh, you have a non-existent government travel, and you also have a non-existent corporate travel. Which those of which those two form the basis of our domestic tourism. The leisure domestic tourism, which is, you know, when people go uh, to enjoy themselves or to take a break, is comprised of, 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 of two things. One, you've got people that are going home to visit friends and relatives, uh, which we call the VFR market. Uh, those ones do touch the value chain of tourism, but in a limited way because they usually drive themselves and they go to, to their homes, be it in, in Limpopo, Pumalang, or anywhere else. And then there is a category of those that are going out to stay in establishments and enjoy tourism activities. Uh, that's another you know, portion of that. That portion of those that goes throughout through the entire value chain of tourism, uh, it, it's a small portion, given that you know, majority of many people you know, lost their jobs. Uh, and then able to travel and again traveling is not a, a basic expenditure uh, in many households so with this the interest uh, although it was not sufficient to open up all the the, the the properties that we have we 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 are hopeful that it continues and it sustains us from the domestic point of view then uh, but for now you know 
the, the opening of international, you know, uh, will we'll, we'll definitely supplement the domestic that we're having. Now, you've already spoken about uh, what's going on in terms of, uh, you know, the pricing um, adjustments that have had to be made to perhaps attract people as a way, you know, as a way to start uh, making those gains and at least, you know, spurring uh, people to actually travel and get into hotels, resorts, that type of thing. But outside of pricing, what are some of the other adjustments that have had to be made? Uh, Perhaps, I don't know, shields, protective measures, uh, sanitizing all, you know, uh, from an industry point of view, what are some of the innovations uh, that are being implemented, you know, across the sector, you know, just as a way to make people feel safe uh, that they can travel, that they can go and, you know, enjoy themselves, um, whether it's for business or leisure? Well, look, you know, one of the biggest adjustments, uh, it is obviously the implementation of the, of the travel pro- protocols, uh, which we developed ourselves. Uh, with, uh, you know, everyone, you know, throughout the value chain. Those ones, you know, are the biggest change because now when you're in an establishment, you don't just do things the way you used to do. So the, the, the making sure that people are wearing masks, making sure that, you know, establishments buy PPE to make sure that, you know, people are protected. Uh, and if you look even further, if you go to, to restaurant space, which is the hospitality part of it, you know, making sure that the tables are sanitized uh, and so forth and so on. So the big issue there is that, uh, you know, as much as, you know, uh, the protocols are there and, uh, you know, the establishment, uh, you know, have managed to find some money to buy, it's not always possible for smaller establishments who don't have working capital uh, to be spending, you know, the money that they don't have. So it became very difficult for, for small businesses to be able to comply, but we're doing something about it. Uh, we, we have, you know, technological platforms that we made available for the, for those establishments to use. We did training to make sure that they understand what needs to happen in terms of the COVID protocols. But that was the biggest part, you know, in terms of how do we do the, business, the, the tourism business in a, a different way, you know, that mitigate the spread of COVID-19. Uh, and also protects, you know, our employees, protects our suppliers, and of course, protect our patrons. So, so it, it, that was the biggest part. Uh, it comes with its own challenges, uh, and it's something that we have observed. That uh, you know, at the moment, you have a lot of people that uh, visit restaurants, and restaurants are starting to double up as uh, nightclubs. Uh, you find that people on the other side are doing what you know they're not supposed to do, getting close to each other, taking off masks and walking around as if the pandemic is it's gone. The pandemic is still here. And one of the most important things is that if we don't behave ourselves as South Africans, you know, we are putting other people's jobs at risk, especially those that work in the hospitality industry. What do I mean by that? If we have the second wave or the upsurge in these numbers, we cannot afford to go on another lockdown. And that's why we've been saying that wearing a mask, you know, so everyone should understand that you're protecting the jobs of those that are dependent on the economy moving. Even, you know, when you wear your mask, you're protecting the job of a construction worker, you're protecting a job of an accountant, you're protecting the job of many people that work in various industries because we will not have an upsurge of COVID cases if, if we do what we're supposed to do. So it's our civil duty to do so and to make sure that, you know, uh, we protect each other as, as South Africans. So, so yes, the protocols development, the application of protocols, ensuring that we all adhere to protocols is one biggest change uh, that is uh, being implemented you know in tourism sector and many other sectors as well so that's been it uh, we're with the chief executive officer of the tourism business council uh, that's mr chifiwa chivengwa who is uh, just advocating to people to say that you know by adhering to safety protocols you know just wearing your mask and just being careful um, that that goes a long way uh, to actually just protecting people in the economy because uh, there's been a lot of devastation he spoke about uh, more than 100 billion rand 
and having been lost by the sector so far. It's a big contributor to GDP. And all he's saying is that as much as, uh, you know, the year has been bad, uh, people need to do their part because if infections do go up, the country might be forced then uh, to go into, into, into further lockdown or perhaps, you know, notch up those levels again, um, which really does uh, do a lot to um, close down businesses and to reduce economic activity, which means that people's jobs and livelihoods will be at risk. So that's been it. You know, we just hope that everyone heard that and uh, will be, you know, just staying safe and making sure that they behave as they should. On the other side of this, we continue with the show. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. COVID Biz Watch. Watch. On, On the Business Buzz. In our COVID business watch, we look at the impact of COVID-19 on various businesses in and around South Africa. And for today, our producer, Tandun Klimba, went out and spoke to Jonas Zibia, who is uh, running a branding business and has actually done a lot of branding for Vits and Vits residences. Uh, the business is called House of Branding. Now, he was answering uh, questions around uh, briefly telling us about about, uh, the business and what they do um, how has the business actually performed uh, since the start of the year and what business lessons um, has Jonas actually learned uh, through this period here's what he had to say hi my name is Jonas Zibia I'm the founder and CEO of a company named House of Branding we are based in 3 Lewis Road in Richmond Johannesburg we specialize in branding, as the name of the company says, House of Branding. So we specialize in all types of branding that you can name. We do uh, signage, we do clothing, embroidery, we manufacture even clothing. We do embroidery, we do screen printing, we do vinyl printing, we do sublimation print that can be used to do a lot of things also where you can use your white your roll up your pull up banners you can use uh, your corporate flags uh, your flat banner wall you can do quite a number of things your gazebos so yeah that's i think for now you have an idea of what to do so we have we are working with uh, different companies we supply clothing for them mainly and other general branding that any company can ever need so yes we we started a while ago i started this company some time ago and i was still a student during that time uh, but things got, 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 got a bit complicated along the way, uh, especially this year has been one of the most challenging years that I've ever, I've ever had in business. I have, uh, from the left, for as much as we've upgraded the buildings that we had, we've maximized the stuff that we have, uh, but those were amongst the things that I used to try and get uh, better profits, if I can put it that way. Uh, try to maximize the turnaround time, try to maximize um, how our customer care service is. So it, it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been an easy year at all. So the challenges that we found, obviously, the turnaround, the turnovers that we used to make in the previous years is different now. Um, the profits are no longer the same. Things probably just went off by half. We depended mostly on events and concerts uh, and churches, schools, universities. That's where most of our clientele was. But because of the COVID situation, most of our customers, they, they went out of business, some of them, you see. So it becomes it becomes such a, such a problem uh, for us to manage... Uh, to like keep on running the way we used to, but what we didn't do, what I didn't do personally is that I didn't give up. I maintained, I kept on pushing, I kept on hiring more people, I kept on having different branches day and day. But that is just for us to be exposed, to be out there. Uh, yeah, those are amongst the challenges that, that, that I met uh, this year. Uh, but one thing I've learned is that we, 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 keep, we need to keep on pushing because 
there's no way we can we can just let such a business go away such a business fade people need branding uh, i have interns that depend on what we do on the company so it becomes a challenge for us to just decide to quit the business to just decide to just let things uh be so i can't just uh, decide to now um i'm closing up the business i'm retrenching people no no retrenchments happened in our company fortunately for this uh for this season uh for this year no retrenchments no one was fired so at least we still have our staff but a lesson that we learned is that we need to to keep on pushing we shouldn't give up we have to hope for the better we just hope for a better tomorrow so yeah that's 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 my that's my advice that I'll give to someone just just don't give up just keep on pushing just remain hopeful pray about it it's it's, it's gonna make it's gonna it's gonna happen it's gonna happen yeah thank you very much thank you very much um, once again this is Jonas Bia from Hazel Branding uh, based in Three Lewis Road in Richmond Johannesburg we are the masters of branding thank you COVID Biz Watch, COVID Biz Watch. On, on the business bars We're back for the second part of our discussion just around uh, the tourism industry and uh, the impact of uh, COVID-19. Now, we just spoke to the Tourism Business Council, giving us some insight into, you know, where where tourism actually places. Uh, You heard some really incredible numbers, over 700 million rand made a day um, just from the tourism sector, contributing about 8% of GDP. But now we want to turn to you know what's actually happening on the ground with tourism operators uh, but remember that uh, to join in the discussion you can let us know are you going to be taking advantage um, of uh, you know the lifting of travel restrictions uh, that the president has actually instituted uh, from this week and are you going to be traveling for the festive season let us know on facebook we have our fm that's voice of vits you can also find our other facebook page that is vits radio academy on Twitter, we're at VARFM, and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. So to join us and to talk to us about what's happening on the ground, we're joined by Sipokazi Koza, who is the founder and director of uh, STM Travel Agency. Sipokazi, um, greetings to you. Can you just, uh, I guess, usher us into this discussion by just letting us know a little bit around um, STM Travel Agency, what you guys are doing? Hi, Mudiwa. How are you? Fine, thank you. Well, thank you. Um, so, STM Travel creates luxurious travel experience and offers exclusive discounts. Um, the comfort rates to South Africans in South Africa. We cater for South Africans who want to travel five-star traveling in South Africa. Ah, that's actually that's actually quite interesting. Uh, and and on that side, um, you know, how has in the last couple of months? Uh, been for the actual for the business actually STM Travel was founded in August which was during lockdown (laughs) (laughs) Um, we haven't had any problems in fact we've gotten great support and great feedback but I know that during lockdown uh, South African tourism has been affected a lot with 270 billion lost a month and a lot of traveling agencies had to close down other cut jobs as well as Airbnb. So, with that in mind, um, I'm just I'm just quick to follow up on what you've just said to maybe understand um, perhaps what opportunities you are seeing at a time when other agencies are closing down. What gave you the confidence to say that you can start something, especially through such a difficult time? Actually, it was through Twitter because I used to share a lot of. Um, lodges, a lot of hotels, and what I realized is with the gap in the market, a lot of people who wanted to travel weren't exposed to the fact that there were local prices and international prices. And most hotels and establishments weren't upfront about the local prices. So when you go on the net or go through their website, they will actually tell you, no, they'll give you the international prices and not everyone has the ability to negotiate. 
to to better pricing. So that's where I saw the gap, and I was like, no, listen. As soon as the country opens up and we are able to travel, I want each and every South African who is able to afford to visit all these luxurious places at the price that they can afford. You know, so that's where it all started, and that's how SPM was founded. I guess, you know, a good question then is what travel opportunities are currently available, um, you know, for South Africans at the moment? You've already mentioned the fact that there seems to be this leaning towards the international market and international prices. So, you know, with that in mind, what are some of the opportunities and, you know, what are some of the services that you're actually offering to help people uh, to get these opportunities? Uh, um, what if you travel agency does is give you give you the exact local rate up front so we basically deal with the establishments to say listen i only deal with south african local travelers this is the amount that i need you guys to um whether it's a discounted rate or a percentage i need you guys to um give us so it's basically me talking on behalf of a guest who wants to travel and experience the 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 luxurious day um, also, what a lot of establishments have done, they've actually worked with us and partnered with us. And from, I think the biggest one that has received is 77% off for a duration at a luxury stay, which includes all meals, two game drives a day, and the whole experience. And then, you know, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about um, what what it means to, to actually operate then um, during this time. Um, what do you make of the prices at the moment? Because even though you are, what's it called, even though you are giving people those upfront local prices, right? And you have this relationship and you work well with many lodges and hotels. Uh, what do you think of the of the current prices? Are they favorable for South Africans? Um, to be quite honest, because of our economy, a lot of um, people can't afford to travel. It's, it's quite expensive. Um, but with that said, we also need to consider the cost that these establishments go through and how how much it costs for them to maintain, you know, um, the, the whole lodge. For example, if you're going to a Kruger National Lodge, they'll still have to pay levies for, and they still have to, excuse me, they still have to um, pay for rhino porching fees to prevent rhino porching, and they still ship because you get catered for from breakfast, gourmet meals, course dinner it's two game drives a day so you need to understand the cost that they put into you know um there are hotels and lodges that are overpriced i don't want to lie they are overpriced but as as i stated that i saw a gap and i was willing to breach that gap unfortunately it can't be for everyone and that is why at the end of the day people we can't expect um one-star budget on a five-star resort. It's, it's impossible, you know? And, and you know, I, I like what you just said, that you can't be paying, uh, you know, one-star prices and expect, uh, you know, five-star, I, I, I guess, levels of value. And that then, you know, feeds into the economy. And perhaps on the other side of that coin, I'm not sure how much you can share with us, but... Um, given those costs that, you know, um, the travel operators do have, right, do, do you think they are making money, you know, on the other side? Because I guess it's two sides of, uh, two sides of, there are two sides to the coin. On the one hand, travel seems expensive for South Africans, but on the other side, are South African tourism operators making money? agreements that the operator would have with the establishment altogether but honestly it is not much for me I did not go into the business because of monetary value but rather with the enticement of wanting people to experience the good that South African has we do have lovely gems and I really wanted to experience it for me going into the business was never monetary so if you're going to go into the business with the monetary idea that I want to get money out of this Please don't go into it. You're going to be disappointed. <laughs> I, 
we I, I definitely appreciate the candidness on that front. And then the other one that people are having to, um, I guess, contend with is the COVID-19 lockdown restrictions. Um, you started, you said you started in August and at the time there were some restrictions there. So what are some of the effects um, of the COVID-19 lockdown restrictions on your business and the tourism sector as a whole? And uh, how have you managed to actually work around these challenges? As I said, when I started, I can't compare with before lockdown and during lockdown because I started a team responded during lockdown. So I just know the experience of it during lockdown. And um, a lot of establishments have seen ways to work around the lockdown restrictions where you had the buy now and stay later vouchers. They had the two nights and uh, two nights stay. You pay for two nights and you, you stay for three nights. They have discounted rates, which are further discounted. So that's how they've been trying to do it. And there's also travel travel share, which are, um, not most of establishments have gone into. Um, but for those who have who had recently, like previously, went into the timeshare, they didn't experience much loss. Uh, so, Sipokazi, you know, just going through things, you guys have decided to start uh, the business, obviously identifying um, some gap in the market. Uh, but against the backdrop of everything we have spoken about at the moment, do you see and think that South Africans are keen um, to actually travel in and around the country? South Africans are to travel, it's just that with lockdown and COVID, we've been hit, um, so there isn't much economy left for us to travel. We've just enough funds for us to live by, but in I think in most cases, we are willing to travel. It's also the fact that we aren't exposed to the different story saying the budget of it, and the fact that a lot of lodges do allow us to basically lay by our stay where they are um, by now and stay later vouchers. You can pay in portions to ensure that at a certain day you are able to afford to stay there. So there's a lot of factors and I think it's mostly tourism not advertising such and that uh, most establishments aren't regulated by tourism. So anyone can just price the way they want to. That's the unfortunate part about it. And then, you know, as as we end off the discussion, um, I, I'm keen to hear how people can get in touch with you. And then specifically, um, as you're answering that, uh, also just uh, curious to hear when people do engage with you, asking questions, etc. what are some of the things that people that do get in touch with you, what are they mainly asking about? They would, it'll all, all be depending, but it would either be, can we get lower rates? Can the per person um, be changed to Peru? That works on an advantage sometimes, and it works at a disadvantage in other times. So, yeah, um, mostly it's just can we get lower rates? Can we can the per person um, be changed to Peru? Uh, okay, cool. You can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of us on SPM Travel on Twitter. And our website is www.spmtravel.co.za and the email address is info at which will get most of our details via our WhatsApp line and our contact number. So you heard it, that's stmtravel.co.za and stmtravel on Twitter. It's stm underscore travel on Twitter. STM underscore travel. So that's been us, Sipokazi uh, Koza, who is the founder and director of STM Travel Agency, uh, just giving us some insight um, into what's going on, you know, on the ground um, as, uh, as, as an operator and also just talking about, um, you know, the gap that she identified because uh, she was just saying that in a lot of cases, um, South Africans don't know that they can actually get uh, some lower rates, but also 
also just admitting uh, that some of the rates do tend to be out of the reach of uh, many South Africans. But at the same time, we always have to be cognizant of the costs that actually go into um, travel and providing some of these experiences on the side um, of uh, hotels and other types of operators. And also just talking about... uh, Um, what's actually going on um, in the market and then just ending off talking about the fact that South Africans really are keen um, to know what's going on and to travel and see more of their country which is the mission that Sipukazi is on. So that's been it. Thank you so much. On the other side of this we come to the end of the show. You're tuned in to the Business Bus. Thank you to everyone who's been watching. Thank you to our amazing guests. Thank you to Chifiwa and to uh, Sibokazi for sharing their insights about uh, the place of tourism in the economy and why it's such an important, um, you know, employer and, uh, you know, supply chain in the country, value chain in the country, and the type of revenues that it is generating um, on a daily basis and adding to the fiscus. And then to Sibokazi for just giving us some insight into what's actually going on um, on the ground uh, some of the concerns that uh, you know travelers have in South Africa people want to travel but are still constrained by the price um, of accessing you know certain locations and the actual cost of travel itself so very interesting discussion um, I think it's quite important for this one to have um, a bit of focus and starting or start ending off with where we started the show where we spoke about the president's speech that really just does show um, the importance of uh, travel and tourism. You heard from uh, Chifiwa the amount of money uh, that is being contributed by the sector uh, to the country. And when you hear the president, even against the backdrop of rising um, COVID-19 cases in places like Europe actually going out and uh, saying that this thing needs to happen, it does show how important this sector is um, to the economy and also just a recognition by the state around how um, how important it is to allow people to move around during the festive season and just how much money the country would likely to lose if they didn't do such a thing. So uh, we just hope that, uh, as Chifiwa said, people you know adhere to the health and safety restrictions because um, doing that actually helps to keep uh, food on uh, people's plates uh, because it means that the economy can keep ticking. Let us know what you think. You know, how deep is tourism in your life? Um, are you a traveler? Do you travel? Are you interested in traveling? What do you think about the prices? Uh, let us know. On Facebook, we have VFM or Voice of Vits. And then our other Facebook page is Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're at VFM. And then our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. You can also search for us on iono.fm. And remember that our content is available on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business. So with that, we've reached the end of uh, today's show. Thank you to our amazing team. Our technical producer is Kutlano Serame, uh, together with our executive producer, Glory Mabuza, and then our producers, uh, Slindy Lemsivi and Tandu Klimba, together with Simbarashe Honde. Don't miss the business by same time, same place next week for more insight into the world of business. Otherwise, don't turn that down. There's more great content coming up on the VAU FM lineup. So for myself, Mudio Mob, Justice Kavaza, and the rest of the team, it is uh, good afternoon and take care. The Business Buzz Podcast.